Hey, Play-Doh. What is it, Zach? Check it out. I've been running my paper route for months now, and I've finally saved up enough money to buy a new bike. Isn't it great? Oh, Zach, don't you understand that materialism can't bring true happiness? What really brings happiness is contributing to the common good. Let me tell you a story. Now, now, wait a minute. You just last week told me a story in which it was good to save up your money because a penny saved is a penny earned. And a penny earned goes right to our glorious leader. Let me tell you. Young oh, Joseph boy. was walking one day when he saw a woman wearing a barrel on the sidewalk. What is going on, he asked. The woman said, it's those darn fat cats. They bent the rules to take advantage of me, a poor working woman, while they get richer and richer. Joseph was shocked. He realized that the system was unjust, and that the bourgeoisie class would need to be cut down to size, while the proletariat should rise up and cast off their chains. After many years of hard work, he succeeded and made sure that we would never live under those capitalistic pig dogs ever again. Praise our glorious leader! Wait a second, was this the same Joseph who made, made it big in the stock market because of his never-ending hard work? Now, now, Zach. Hypocrisy is next week's lesson. You know, this is not it's passable. <laughs> this is not an episode that we need to try our hardest. <laughs> this is not an episode that I'm gonna try my hardest at, so might as well accept that right off right off the bat. Yeah, why don't why don't uh, we introduce ourselves, and then I can just get right into asking you how much you hated this show. So let me introduce myself. My name is Brel. Uh, hello everyone. Sit down on the field and listen to us. <laughs> take tell a you, knee. take a knee. Take a note. Take notice. Let me get one of my legs up on this desk that's randomly placed here. <laughs> Just turn <laughs> turn the chair all the way around. You know, Let me I level was, with you kids. I was once like you kids, naive and wide-eyed, <laughs> looking for a source of stability. Looking uh-huh. for, uh, for a moral high ground to look up I to. I remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> but that was way over there. Um, In the other team's end zone? Coach, I don't understand this. <laughs> You're getting weird. Like, how many of those did you take today? <laughs> I don't know. Some, not a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. So, hello everyone. This is the Carton Cast, and welcome to it. My name is Ben, and my name is Zane. And today we are talking about uh, may- maybe the least. I had no conception of this show before we watched it, so that's good. Yes, this is the Adventures of the Carton Cast, a source of ethics for all children. <laughs> um, yeah, I th- consider myself there's a big a moral, disclaimer. A moral leader. A moral leader of what, though? You know, whomever. <laughs> whoever happens by. <laughs> I shout moralistic things. Sometimes people throw nickels. For, it's a, first it's come, a win-win first served. system. 
first come, first come, first served. Uh, yeah. It doesn't really apply. <laughs> no, what if, like, a morality was just, like, a finite resource? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, man, I wish I had more stronger moral values, but, you know, the, the bankers are hoarding them all. Conservation of goodness. We yeah. have a lot of conservation laws. Uh, conservation laws are the shit, man. Like, you, you need to do something <laughs> in a... If you need to do something in a, in, in, in a physics test, you just say, what conservation law does this taste like? And then just go from there. It's applying algebra to the real world. Speaking of, Zane, um, yes. I am in grad school. You are now going into grad school. Yes, sir. For chemistry, which I am assured is some sort of science that is not physics. <laughs> now, here's what I want to know. Uh, from your last two years of being a teacher, mm-hmm. what morals have you gleaned? Um, don't trust the white man. <laughs> okay. Zane, uh, I could have told you that one. Something, something Illuminati. <laughs> And if you cheat on the test, just, like, look sad, and somebody in the chain of command will let you get off easy. Nice. That's a good one to learn. Like, those are actually more... I I don't... This is going to be a weird episode, because my morals are not, you know, the the stereotypical, you should be nice to people, you should, you know, work hard and be honest. And like, that, that's my personal ethics code, but I don't, imp- I don't impose any sort of moral basis on most of society you're a nihilist i i am but more than that i just i find it it it's it's clearly not how our society operates right so (laughs) this is like it's almost brainwashing like to keep the to 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 keep the working class like believing their precious little lies about people working hard for what they want see my perspective is the world's a good place and everything else is a tautology so, like, it's okay that people are, like, corrupt or doing whatever because it's good, because the world is good, and they must be good about something. How very Voltarian of you. Uh, look, this is the best of all possible worlds because we have this show in it. Uh, there's no way that that makes, <laughs> that, that makes like, four different kinds of nonsense. So veto, all... veto, veto, veto. <laughs> veto power on that. That's Vito Corleone power. Wow! <laughs> start, start shooting things. Wasn't he? Uh, wasn't he a Star Vox villain? Mm-hmm. Vito Corleone. Yeah, he was the. Um, He's the frog. Yeah, I think so. The frog with space lasers. Are there any other kinds of lasers? I don't believe so. Well, we'll find out next episode. Um, uh, okay, so, so let, this, let's actually talk about this. This, this show. episode, uh, Adventures from the Book of Virtues. Uh, it ran on none other than, of course, PBS Kids. PBS Kids, for when PBS is just too gritty, um, <laughs> <laughs> from 1996 to 2000 uh, for three seasons. It was actually the first regular animated program on PBS, and it was produced by Porchlight Entertainment, which also ran such scintillating shows as J.J. the Jet Plane and something called Pope Dreams. I I don't know what Pope Dreams is. That sounds really <laughs> great. Uh, I hope it's exactly what I... Th- like, what if... What I'm imagining is the Pope has dreams, and they are the most diabolical, twisted, (laughs) nightmarish hellscapes you can imagine, and he just has to deal with it in his waking life. Yeah, he's torturing a cardinal, and then he runs into the guy the next day. He's like, oh, hey. Oh, hey, Mike. What's going on? How you doing? Uh, I have a a thing I got to go to. He's the greatest of us all, because he can put those urges away. He puts them under the big hat. (laughs) <laughs> I, I think that's what like that's got to be like the hat has to have a function 
it must be there to, to keep the evil in. Hmm. Really, when you get down to it, pound per square inch, uh, the Pope is the most evil one of us all because the, the, the hat becomes a part of him. <laughs> it's like a lightning rod. Yeah, no, it, it's, like a, it's like a pressure chamber. He just doesn't got no valve. He just got mm-hmm. one of them hats instead. I see. You ain't got no valve. You're you're so wise. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty wise. Um so as far as far as non popes go. This show has an interesting history. Um, please tell me about it. So it was based on an anthology of stories of the same name, you know, sort of like an Aesop's fables, except uh One second. One second. I I've never understood what the word anthology means. It's Okay, hold on. Anth- <laughs> Root word is anth. Meaning yeah. man. It's just prefixes and suffixes. How are you supposed to get anything out of that? <laughs> it's it's like a collection. Of it's like a collection okay, of stories. Logi is knowledge. A published it's like collection knowledge. of poems or other pieces of writing. Yeah. Knowledge of the people. Sign of the times. Um so the the anthology was collected by a man named William Bennett, who was once the Secretary of Education. Yeah. Um, here's where it gets interesting. William Bennett happened to be a compulsive gambler. Ooh. So, you know, morality and all that. Um, See, but uh, it, hang on, let me go through the episodes. Responsibility, <laughs> self-discipline, uh, generosity. When you when you type adventures from the Book of Virtues on... Uh, I guess perseverance YouTube, sort on, of counts. On YouTube, it the first thing that it auto-completes to is funding. <laughs> um, but here's where it gets weird because when he gave up gambling publicly he said and I quote so in this case the excessive gambling is over since there will be people doing the micrometer on me I just want to be clear I do want to be able to bet the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl huh <laughs> what? so even when he was giving up gambling he's like just this once he's like bet th- what the micrometer what was that expression? <laughs> there will be people doing the micrometer on me. <laughs> it sounds like, like a fucking weird 80s dance. <laughs> Do the micrometer. Hey, now doing Do, the micrometer. Doing... Yeah. Um, doing the micrometer Apparently he dance. also um, hated PBS because it took money from the government. <laughs> well, it does say it does say that he was a uh, he was a he was a conservative, uh, I guess. Supposedly also fiscal, and we I know we had that. It was that thing recently, right? The the PBS uh, funding thing? It, I don't it know. Was, it, wasn't it a recent issue? Mm, a couple of years ago, maybe. That uh, I mean, more recently than this show. <laughs> we got like 15 Have you heard about back. Obama getting reelected? <laughs> this is incredible. Can't believe it. Um, He's a black man, you know. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this show actually apparently made a lot of money. Did it really? Like people ate this up. I, I'm not. I'm not surprised. This was uh, the core audience was uh, families with children who were in this age, uh, which is, I, I think, a more direct sell. Like it's a, it's a wider sell than you get for like maybe a Teletubbies or Blues Clues or even Magic School Bus, which is more heavily marketed toward the kids. This mm-hmm. is marketed toward the families with kids, right? Um, and it's actually more watchable than most of those other pbs things i think just because it's so varied and has a lot of um it it doesn't insult your intelligence in the way that a lot of young kids shows do like it it does insult your intelligence but only in the manner that 
fables insult your intelligence by sure. making you believe that people should be honest. <laughs> that's not, that's not a that's not a thing that uh, that people should believe. People so, should realize that the world is inherently dishonest. So and just deal with it. There's gonna this uh, there's this website called um, Common Sense Media, hmm. and basically it's a way for parents to look up uh, shows and other stuff to make sure that it's appropriate for their kids. And this show had like the highest ratings of anything. Yeah, well, I'm not I'm not surprised at all. Um, it's got good like historical significance because you hear you know Icarus and King Midas. That's just part of the common mm-hmm. lexicon that you probably just don't get anywhere except for a history class or word of mouth and right. you know they're they're important stories in their own right like i don't know how far i would take the morals of them but just knowing the stories in and of themselves is is not irrelevant yeah so why don't you explain how this show exactly is set up yeah okay so this this show is like it's it follows these two kids um you know what, wait, of indeterminate you know what, teenage. But, but before that, tell me why you hated this show. Oh, I'm sorry. What it actually does is it <laughs> uh, what do you makes you think I hated the show? Um everything you've ever said to me. Zane, I like this show. Really? You just don't I, like the moralizing? <laughs> well, I mean, the morals can be forgiven in the same way that the morals from Magic School Bus can be forgiven. It's not their fault that they're PBS. I mean, they mm-hmm. do what they can with it. Interesting. I, I, I'm a big fan of, uh, uh, of, of fables and of, uh, maybe, maybe not Mythos. morality tales, but parables. Yeah, parables I appreciate parables. I, I like the way, uh, specifically, I like having a story that's easy enough to digest so I can get ideas out of it without experiencing those ideas. It's like it's like a quick <laughs> path toward maturing. It's great. Sure. It's, right. it's standing so, on the shoulders of, you know, King Midas. People who've made mistakes. Although you're going to have to wear boots. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, or, or, you know, uh, the idea of people. So I cut you off. Uh, how does the show work? The setting of this show is that we are in a parallel universe wherein animals achieved sentience but had the good sense to stay away from the overly destructive humans. After a while, they decided they wanted to incorporate themselves within society at large. But they're starting from children, working their way up to, to adulthood. They're, they're sowing the seeds early, trying to get these kids not to behave so destructively such that they can re-enter society at a later date. So, I think you're focusing on kind of the wrong part of this show. I don't think I am, but you go ahead and give me your take on it. Uh, So, there's a couple (laughs) of kids, and they don't have any real responsibilities. And they go off to hang out with their magical animal friends in the forest, but, oh no, kids are assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Even the good ones. They made mistakes, and now they have the the, the moralizing animals talk down to them. And tell stories, and we get to watch the stories. So actually, very little of the show is done in the... It's more of a framing device, really. It is, but it's an effective one because it it, it puts you in the kid's mindset. Like, you empathize with the kid. You can kind of see yourself going through some... It, it shows you the importance and utility of having a moral role model, or mm-hmm. at least, like, a source of advice. Yeah. And they, and they flesh out the characters and interact with them uh, just enough so that you don't want them to just dive right into the moral itself. Like, seeing the setup does help put things in perspective. 
Yeah, it, it gives you the theming early on enough so that it's in your mind, so you can kind of feel like if you're if you're a little baby know nothing kid without a brain, then yeah. you can probably like, oh, he's being really selfish. I wonder if there's going to be a selfishness more. Like it, it's <laughs> there's going to be three. Like I, I think the 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 underlining mechanic to this show and it probably what's responsible for his success is the degree to which it's easy to digest. Yes. This is some fibrous flax. They they so what they do is usually at, Oh that's between, not easy to digest. What, fibrous flax? Because it like goes right through. Huh. I never really thought about easy to digest being like It's not the fiber. Yeah, because you think like, oh, better digestion means more fiber. But no, it's because you you can't digest the fiber. I guess if you're taking the literal definition it's like of like anti corn. How about that? I don't like that at all. Why? Because <laughs> it makes me think of like, like man-sized corn with ray guns. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> ray guns, evil, eh? Evil corn from another dimension is oh. what that made me think of. Okay. <laughs> I can't place why. I, that must um, have been like the third season or something. <laughs> um, but what this show does is in between the framing of the device, there's like two or sometimes three parables, you know, Classic stories from mythology or the Bible or just sort of regular fables or history or sometimes just shit they made up. Is it sometimes shit they made up? I feel like all of them were were correct. There was one, like, the worst one I feel like they had to have made up because it was so stupid. What was it? So it was about a boy who had the word please stuck in his mouth and it was represented by a little gnome. And uh, the, bo- the boy never said please, so the gnome couldn't get out. So he left the boy for another boy. And that boy, you know, said please twice instead of once. And then the first boy couldn't say please. But then the gnome came back and then he said please and he was nice and respectful. It, like, it, it was the dumbest. So, <laughs> it had so no subtlety. It's a point that I wanted to talk about, which is I <laughs> no. feel like the better, like, I feel like the worst stories have to be true because they tried so hard. To, like, if they made up a story, they could have made a better one than that. Yeah. This has to be, like, adapted from a real thing, but it's just a bitch to adapt. <laughs> like, as we know from previous shows, it, adapting something is not always straightforward. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes shit's just really hard to adapt. Right. So, like, I feel like the, all of these, everything that I'm seeing here is something I've, I've, uh, I've heard about in just, you know, kind of um, through uh, just just through existing <laughs> and noticing the world around me. Yeah. And uh, or, or it just like it sounds so stupid that it must be a myth. Some of the stories can be good, like they can put their own little, you know, twists on things. But uh, but sometimes they just. It's just like reading it out of a book, and it's not even the story you Whoa! Want. There's one called Scarface. I wonder if that's exactly what I think it is. It's not. It's about a Native American boy who got his Said face... hello to his little friend. No, he... <laughs> if by little friend you mean lion. I did. Uh, or a leopard or something. And he fought it, and then he like had a scarred face. But he wanted to marry uh, the chief's daughter, and they were like, no. You can't she do that. Prom- she promised the chief of another tribe that... Who was also like God of the Sun or something that she would never get married, and so he walks over to the God of the Sun to ask you, you know, man, can you can you relax that rule for a bit? Mm-hmm. You want to help my brother out? <laughs> and he's like, make me a bow. And, and it, <laughs> I don't. Haha! I, I I tied a knot into a bow. So contractual obligation. Yeah, I, I don't 
love. There's a big di- I guess what I'm saying is there's a huge difference in quality between some of these stories. Yeah, but that's not, like, they're not making any of the stories up. Like, they, they have to adapt each of them. Some of them are just, like, more readily adapt. Like, the whole, like, if, if you wanted to, like, adapt King Midas, it's pretty easy to, like, draw it and and just kind of narrate the plot of it. It's so simple. Sure. If yeah. you wanted to do something, like, a little bit more abstract, like Pl- Plato's caves or Plato's forms or whatever, then, uh, you know, it, it's it's not going to be quite so easy. Well, what I mean is sometimes they went straight forward and the characters were talking, you know, like they would talk in that sort of story. But sometimes, like, in the first episode with the camel's hump, um, you know, the genie was just talking like a modern-day person. So, I don't know. Sometimes they seem like they have more fun and more free range with it than others. Hmm. I mean, it didn't have, like, that many writers, did it? I don't know. Eh. In any case, um, it, what I do think this, this, this show does well is, like, they're not always good adaptations, but they're, they're, they're varied enough and fast enough. Like, they do, like, three, two or three, yeah. uh, stories to, a, you know, to a, like, 20 in, minutes. In case you couldn't handle the very complicated moral of don't be a dick. It's not, it's not a complicated moral, it's just, like, situation stories are boring <laughs> like they're they're just not that much fun when you have access to like uh you know um the wiggles so like y- yeah you, you gotta have to yeah operate quick mm-hmm. so uh i i don't know i the the nature of this show was fairly agreeable to my uh attention deficit that's fair and i don't mean that in a medical way i just mean that i have a poor attention span I'll right. I'll totally cop to it, but it is something you have to take into account. So speaking of poor attention spans, let's segue into another section. All right. Um, the characters. So we don't we don't actually spend a ton of time with the main characters Let, because I don't they're, they're the framing to, device. I don't really care to talk about Zach or Annie. They are well, kid you are meant to relate to. Well, the reason I want to mention all of these is because there's some top tier vocal talent on this show. Uh, up only for the first two seasons, at which point they, I guess they went all went on strike. <laughs> well, I think they took a hiatus and just didn't come back. Yeah, maybe, but it's like all of them at the same time. But go ahead and uh, go ahead and let's let's run down the voice actor lists. Right. So uh, Zach is Pamela Adlin, who's mm. Bo- Bobby Hill. Oh yeah, so he is. <laughs> um. And Annie is Kath Susie, who who also voices Aurora, and she's the voice of Phil and Lil and Rugrats, as well as every other cartoon character That's that sounds right. just like them. That's right. Yeah, it's not a great vocal range. I think <laughs> like this. It's, isn't, a, it's uh, a great voice, but you just hear it everywhere, and you're like, "That's the same person." Who was uh? Who was the, the the voice actress for Babs Bunny? Tress McNeil. Yeah, like that is a that that voice got range. This voice does yeah. not have range, but it's you know. You, you can use it wherever you want. Yeah, so those are the two kids. Um, yeah, they're, they're, pretty they're pretty uninteresting. They're pretty uninteresting for bland. the most part. Yeah, and they, they kind of have to be because we don't really get that much screen time with them other than they want to be good but are not yet good. And that, that's all yeah. the plot facilitates us seeing is that, but that that's, you know, that's, kids are inherently sinful. No, but that's kind, <laughs> so. of, that's kind of cool because it's like showing the kids like, hey, it's okay, like... You can be taught a lesson and then mess up next week, and it's like you can make mistakes. And I, I just because they, you're trying to be good doesn't mean that you'll get it right the first time. My my favorite, uh, I think, moral just just for the way I would like to operate in like a in a 
in a moral capacity. The most important rule is actually from a from a book series that I read, uh, mm-hmm. or I read a good amount of it called the Sword of Truth series, mm-hmm. which is uh, largely the first book is good, this, great. The second book is okay, and every other book that I've read since then has been complete garbage. Because not a great, no, not a great the, record. The, the author really only had one thing to say. And then after that, he just kind of was like, and then she gets uh, sexually accosted by this other famous person in their world. It's like, it's, it's really uncomfortable after the second book where it just keeps <laughs> happening. So it, you can't, you got to build tension some other way. But uh, yeah, the, uh, the, they're basically in that, in that book series, there's like three. There's, like, big wizard's rules, which are, like, fundamental underpinnings to reality. Um, the, the, I don't remember what the first rule was, but the second wizard's rule is that um, the best of intentions do not necessarily cause the best of circumstances. Like, you, you can't just be nice. You have to also be smart. I like that phrasing because the way that I always hear it is, like, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, like that famous phrase. And I'm, I just, it mm. always makes me think, like, tell me, what's, what's the road to heaven paved with? <laughs> Bad intentions? Yeah, it, it, that's a weird, that's kind of a weird saying as well, because, like, it, it implies that if you're a good person, but are just dumb about it, you're actually a bad person, which I'm, yeah, I'm firmly on the motive side of, moral choices where like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what comes of your moral choice the morality of your choice comes from the actual making of the decision see it, it doesn't matter how that. it plays out the the morality comes from the intention um you know i'm a, I'm a utilitarian so i believe it's the consequence what matters but the intention tells you way more about like will it happen again the, the intention tells you what the person was trying to accomplish and if it was right. for you know, noble or honorable means. So, like, end result, uh, like, like this person uh, tips a beggar, like, a dollar, right? Mm-hmm. The beggar goes out and buys a pitchfork and stabs someone's dog in the neck. I feel like that's You still did a, a good thing. That's... <laughs> that's... A, you, can't, you can't anticipate that that's going to happen. Shit just happens sometimes. You know, I don't think I've ever heard now, a phrase quite was that, that way. Dog, was that dog better off dead? Who can say? That's not, that's not at all what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, this is like the 13th episode. Hang on, let me look for it. Generosity, have you, um, humility, have you noticed dying people, like, dogs. It's have number you 13. people using um, well-intentioned as a sort of, like, insult nowadays? Um, it, it's sort of like a left-handed compliment, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it, it's like calling someone quaint. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you're basically you're basically saying A for effort if you're calling someone well-intentioned. Which is what it means. Yeah, so. the thought that counted. Like, you still feel like, you, piece, you feel like a piece of shit whenever someone tells you it, your thought counted. <laughs> yeah, I don't true. want my thoughts to count. I want my actions to count. That's why I'm doing the actions. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I... I didn't get a score in tennis because I wanted to get the score. I did because I hit the ball. Except I, of course, didn't. No, you were fairly bad at tennis. Because I didn't care. And I didn't practice. That's true. Also, like, I think you just kind of, like, we all, all three of us, all three, you and me and our older brother, David, all kind of went into tennis at the same age. But you were, like, 
not fully physically developed at the time. <laughs> you're like, what, 10, maybe 8? Like, that boy. You just kind of don't have the motor capacity for something like that. Yeah, I still think it was more like determination and interest. Okay, may- maybe. I don't know how much determination and interest you possessed at eight years old, but... Well, Ben, let me tell you about the said. virtue of perseverance. Yeah, maybe we should go into the other characters who... Uh, ben, as... if, you, if you are fighting for your life and you might die, but you end up not dying, apparently that's perseverance. What? That... You, know, <laughs> yeah. you know what's equally... So, some of per- these morals do not match up with the stories. <laughs> no, you know what's equally persevering, though? Trying your hardest not to die and then dying. Ooh good point like that's why i don't like the virtue of perseverance because it's a completely consequence-based virtue hmm. it's like that's... how it's like how prosperity is a virtue it's like that that, that is right. that is environmentally determined but uh let, let, let's get back into the actual plot structure basically the the two kids are terrible sinful children that need the sin scrubbed from their mouths with soap and possibly lie and yeah. They happen upon these woodland creatures whom are untainted by society and thus are you are more you're more capable of learning from them. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes more sense. It also explains that uh, it, it also is like where are these kids' parents? Why aren't the parents teaching them about any of it? Oh, do you think like but anyway? Uh, they come from really bad home lives, <gasps> dude. What if Mufasa ate them? What are you crinkling on your side? Oh, I'm sorry. That's a bag of pens. <laughs> <laughs> so you think they have like bad home lives and are like that's why they're such shit heels? And that's and that's why they're learning the lessons from the animals. They go to the animals because those are the only things that have ever been kind to them. Yeah, this is like a start of darkness. This is like a like a Timothy Leary school of learning virtuous intent. Like you go away from your your home life and society, you 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 Henry David Thoreau that shit, and just just make your own your make your own society in the wilderness because you animals can't learn about life by following society. Ooh. You can't hug your children with nuclear arms. Yeah, what? <laughs> um, Madonna. <laughs> that's not. Um, and the animals mostly are named after. Uh, Bennett's the guy who who compiled the book. His favorite philosophers, who are Plato, Socrates, yeah, and Aristotle. Appropriately, yeah. Uh, appropriately, they're all Greco-Roman philosophers. Whom, yeah, he's he's uh, an old school kind of guy. It oh, seems. Yeah, it, that it, and the the like that's where all the virtuous stories come from, more or less. They're A lot all of sort them. of from Greco-Roman society. Yeah, like uh, you got um, Perseus and Odysseus and. Uh, I don't know. Some others. The other one. <laughs> yeah, that other guy. Um, uh, Icarus. That's right. Mm-hmm. All the Yeah, the classics. There were some others. There's some mm-hmm. more recent ones. You know, there's some uh, uh, Harriet Tubman and the Drinking Gourd. That was a good one. Underground yeah. Tunnel. Was was the Drinking Gourd like... I forget. Was it? I think it's like a constellation. And basically it was telling... All the slaves, yo, you gotta gotta get out of the south because shit's fucked down there. I might be mixing up my stories, but yeah, something like that. I'm I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And I vaguely and remember there's... in sixth grade singing a really awkward song about Harriet Tubman. That does sound familiar. We went to a weird elementary school, guys. 
In our town, sixth grade is elementary school. Oh yes. But these these three philosopher animals are uh, and and Aurora the 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 bird. I only saw her once, but I, I like the philosopher animals in general because mm-hmm. the buffalo is James Earl Jones slash <laughs> Kevin Michael Richardson. Kevin Michael Richardson. We've seen him before. Um, yeah, I always think of Ke- him. He was as, Uncle Oswich. I always think of him as Static Shock's dad. And, um, um, but I I really do love this voice actor, and it's very good for a. Uh, he's wise. He he's a wise font of. He's a wise bastion of forward thinking and morality. Like he knows exactly what story to bring to the table when any of these these little young buffalo pink buffalo lose their way. Yeah, and Socrates and Aristotle just kind of bicker and don't get anywhere. And Aurora will just hang back and then occasionally, like, stare at the camera and just state the moral point blank. Um, yeah, sometimes they sometimes they do that in one of the worst parts of the show. But I, I think it's really cool how they have, like, a full cast of philosophers that don't necessarily all agree on what the virtue is. Like, they eventually all kind of come to a consensus yeah, based on... Plato, Plato's you know, always right. Plato is always ultimately right. But the <laughs> others are not... It, like they they don't quite get the story immediately, and having 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 that set up for these characters to talk it back and forth is so much more personable personalizing than having a mm-hmm. bunch of kids arguing about it when none of them know anything. I think that what you really want is to have a show that does philosophical discussions and everybody talks theirs out. It's I, like that. Um, there's a there's a web comic about existential comics. Uh, I think it's called Existential Comics. It's about like philosophers and jokes on that. It's pretty good. I already uh, I already wet, read like this full comic called Logic Comics about uh oh yeah this is like a, this full this full graphic novel about uh, Bertrand Russell and his like sort of quest for perfect mathematics and logic. This is pretty cool. This is pretty yeah. good. Pretty good book. I, if you're I into think that I read sort it. Sort of thing. Um. Yeah. And. The characters don't really bear that much importance to the plot because very, very quickly in an episode, and many times in the episode, they jump into one of these fables, which... What did you think about the fables, Zane? Um, mixed. They were surprisingly entertaining a lot of the times, um, but it was clearly full-on educational. It's it's very obvious what's going to happen to a lot of them. I, I enjoy watching them with what is going to happen in mind. Like yeah, because a lot of them you know already. Yeah, like I can anticipate the exciting moments, and that's just that's just kind of nice. The it's just kind of it's it's nice to be ahead of the curve. Yeah, watching the story kind of feels like reading a children's storybook. Yeah, for like, the kids, just, just the pacing, the big over the for top the kids expressions. But the adults that are watching it are like, I already know this story, but here it's adapted and phrased in an interesting way. Like th- they're still going to get something right. out of it. It's not going to be immoral, but it's going to be. I'd never considered this expressed in anywhere except for like fifth grade lit. You know, at least that's how mm-hmm. I saw a lot of the stories. Like I saw the Icarus one. I'm like, I didn't notice that part about the story, and I, I actually thought that the stories were fairly factually represented. Mm-hmm. Like they they don't they don't dumb it down to try to try to make it make sense to kids. The one with Icarus, where they're, like, trapped in the jail cell, and he and his dad are, like, crafting wings from, like, feathers and mm. um, and wax. Uh, the way they get the feathers and wax is they 
ask the guard, yo, uh, my son is very sick. We need more feather blankets and uh, and candles for me to work during the night. Well, that's clever. It is clever, and I'm fairly certain that that's how it happened in the story. But, but they, they different adaptations leave that out, but it's a really nice detail. You, you could have just, they have, like, a bunch of glue. Like, what the fuck is glue? No, they make it from wax. They give you a source of the wax. They tell you how they got that much wax. It's, <laughs> it's like, they, they don't skimp around the details. Yeah, and and they don't insult your intelligence. They just say, like, we're in ancient Rome, and they just assume you can figure out a lot with context clues. Yeah, and, you know, like, it, it's... Yeah, I, I liked kind of just hearing ancient places and seeing them depicted in this environment. Oh, yeah, it's a big step up in, like, immersion. Yeah, and, immersion is exactly what it is. Because, you know, you read a fable or a Bible story and you can, like, see pictures and, you know, mom or dad can, you know, do the voices. But this is, it, it's kind of sweet. It's nice to watch and just zone out. It is. Yeah, this is, like... The next step for like, in, if you're not a very good storyteller or your kid is just like not great at paying attention to stories, you watch this with them instead of giving them like a good night story, like a good night, good night book. Mm -hmm. Or maybe not a good night book, but just kind of like an app, maybe like a siesta. You watch this during your siesta. Good afternoon, Moon. I'll see you again <laughs> in a couple of hours. <laughs> when you're a little bit less shy. <laughs> Did you uh did you have a favorite story? Um, you know, I like the camel's hump a lot. Um I actually I don't know, know what that story is. It's just uh the camel was being lazy and then a genie came by and he wished for things and then the genie was like, "Man, you suck. Have a hump." Mm. I forget exactly the details. I watched that one a while ago. No, that that um, sounds about right. <laughs> it sounds I, like I liked, you got everything you needed to out of it. I liked one that got a little dark. It was uh, it was basically the same story as that Adam Sandler movie, Click. Oh. Where the boy gets a magic ball of thread and he can pull it if he wants to skip some time in the future and, like, not have to endure the bad parts of oh, life. Oh, man. And he just blurs past his own life. And then, like, at the end of the episode, he's like, oh, I've wasted my life. My wife is dead. And then, like, the spirit comes back and is like, did you learn your lesson? He's like, yes, I want to live the good and the bad. And then they reset things. Oh, I was going to say, it's too bad. Thread doesn't <laughs> go in reverse. You ever try to wind up a ball of thread? You need, like, one of those machines. Buyer beware. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's confronting kids with their own mortality. Like, it's a bit heavy. That, that is pretty heavy. I, I, I feel like, yeah, I, I guess you you can't really phrase it as, as direly as I would appreciate. There's also a great, like, sort of scary moments in the Ulysses story where the Cyclops just straight up eats his men and he keeps wow. on trying like he and his men are trapped in the cave with the Cyclops and he keeps trying these elaborate ways to like get him away from the door or, like not block the door or, like not and every time the Cyclops is just like oh, I'm gonna eat a couple of these guys and just you hear like crunch crunch <laughs> oh my god and what you, was the and moral you, there camera on ulysses and his men and they're just horrified and then cut to next scene what what exactly was the moral of that one i don't bravery no it might have been courage courage and patience like that's the other that's the thing that i dislike about this kind of uh this kind of moral structure this vir these virtues is that they never address the fact that their their heads and tails are like right next to each other in a lot of these in a lot of these ways yeah, they're they're very similar. Like selflessness, and... selfishness, mm -hmm. selflessness, selflessness is like 
is just the antithesis of ambition. But you wouldn't fault any red-blooded American capitalist uh, not having ambition. Did you uh, do you remember Gladiator? Gladiator. What do you mean? Uh, the uh, the movie Russell Crowe. And I don't think I ever Joaquin saw it. Joaquin Phoenix. There's this really I good. I didn't see it. There's this really cool line in the in one of the first scenes where uh, Lord Augustus uh, is uh, uh, Augustus Gloop. No, Augustus Caesar. <laughs> From Charlie the Chocolate Factory? <laughs> yeah, that's right. He get, got squeezed <laughs> up that pipe, and then he like became ruler of an army out of oh uh, out of revenge. That sounds awesome. Right before he, like... he effa- right before he assaults the Oompa Loompa rainforest, uh, he he uh, he he tells Russell Crowe that he's in charge of their forces now, and his son Joaquin Phoenix uh, basically comes in and is like. I remember reading this letter that you wrote to him say, stating all the virtues that a good leader should have. And it's like bravery, loyalty, honor, uh, intuition, all that stuff. And he was like, I knew as soon as I read the letter that I had none of them. Um, <laughs> and, but then he said, but you're forgetting other virtues that I have. Um, ambition. Uh, what was it? It's... Uh, cleverness you, you know all these ones that can, can be considered sort of underhanded or less pristine mm-hmm. and he was basically just talking about how i the clear villain in the movie by my eye that you can tell by my eyeshadow have virtues too if you phrase it in the right way right and that's really where this breaks down i, I wonder if there would have been maybe a better way to phrase this <laughs> i'm picturing a debate with Plato on one side saying like And Joaquin Phoenix on the other side? You should be generous with your with your with your money and with your time. <laughs> Given and then, he, and then Joaquin Phoenix is just like, I'll be generous. I'll be so generous that, that there'll be a hundred days of arena fights. I'm no. gonna give you my knife. I'm gonna give you, you my gut. knife. <laughs> your lung. <laughs> give you some poison on it. You gotta watch Gladiator. I know. It's the biz. And I think it's got Dumbledore in it, although I might be making that up. No, that was Count of Monte Cristo. Anyway. Anyway, guys, this is not, we're, we, yeah, okay. It's been a while. It's, it's been a while. We're trying to get back into the swing of things. There are some roadblocks. Uh-huh. Next next week, we have plenty to talk about, but oh, God. just, just give us uh, patience. So let's <laughs> yes. see here. Uh, you know, um, if, if I can talk about animation for a bit. Sure. So I think they're pretty lazy. <laughs> uh, everything looks wrong. Everything looks okay, but it's edited pretty sloppily, in my opinion. Like, uh, I don't know if you noticed any, like, specifics. The major problem I had is that Plato walking on two legs looks really jarring. Oh, you didn't? I like that. It made him look like a Billy Goat Gruff. Yeah. Yeah, I was a big fan of that. Like, I want my talking bison to look different. Like, that that's something that uh, that Avatar Last Airbender does awesome. Is like, we got, a, we got a sky bison. Okay, he's not just a bison that flies. He's like this gigantic, you know, like, like kaiju monstrosity. <laughs> like if he wasn't followed around by this kid who hugs him he would be the main villain of the show <laughs> like it's not so, it's, it, you don't want your on you you don't want your other animals to look anything other than other Try you, you know what i mean 
No, you I know don't. what I mean. <laughs> I'll figure it out later. Not even going to try again. <laughs> I, I liked the bison, and I liked Aristotle, the, the uh, what was it, uh, Sandshrew? I think it was a, like a prairie dog or a mongoose. That's right. I, call, I, I like in my characters list, I put down uh, Virgil Hawkins' dad, Sandshrew, and fake Tigger. Which, by the way, uh, I'm pretty sure... Uh, the uh the the voice actor for um Aristotle is uh is uh Jim Cummings. Yeah, and and Socrates is Frank Welker. And that's the thing. Yeah. Like, and 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 even in the stories like it's voiced by somebody in the main cast or just a random celebrity. Like there's a ton of voice talent on all of these. I I only got as far as Jim Cummings and Frank Welker. Frank Welker of course being every animal what has ever existed in an animated film or animated anything. And Jim Cummings being the guy who finished the song Be Prepared in The Lion King uh, after Jeremy Irons' voice got busted by being too good. <laughs> Which is pretty yeah. cool. When when uh, when Plato is talking to Jim Cum when Plato is talking to Aristotle, it's like that scene in The Lion King where uh, where Scar and Mufasa are talking to each other. Yeah. Just just saying. Um, what else do you have for animation? Well, I was saying it looks pre- it, it 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 feels very lazy to me. Specifically, the lip syncing is really strange. Oh yeah. Do, do, like if you were trying to pay attention to like the way their mouths moved with the words, it it doesn't quite sync up very well. And in fact, in the intro animation, they start talking <laughs> and you can't hear them, and then you hear someone else talking whose lips are not visible. And it's that's so, so weird to look at because because it's like. Zach's mouth moving for half a second, and then the woman singing the theme song comes in. <laughs> yeah, it's, I wasn't like sure you, if, if I wanted to bring it up because farther it's, apart, it's or so just minor. Ha- but I noticed it every time. Like why? Like that? It's they like they clearly just clipped something out of the first couple of episodes to put as an intro, and they didn't care that it was one where Zach was talking. Yeah, like it. It just struck me as very lazy. Uh, in addition, during the King Midas episode, this is just another example. There's sure. a there's this part where he's using this jug from a from a river. Once he learns his lesson, he's like, "I want to turn them back." He he gets this jug from the river and fills it with river water, and whatever he sprinkles will turn from gold back into a thing. And he he mm. first sprinkles it on the jug itself, and it turns from gold back into like stone. And then he sprinkles his daughter with it, and she turns back into flesh. And then it like the camera changes angle and the jug is suddenly gold again and then as when it when it changes back to a different angle it's suddenly not gold again oh it's just like yeah it's just like not very it's just like not edited super well yeah it's the kind of thing that a small child would miss and anybody else wouldn't be paying attention to well i i am absolutely like here's a here's a really great one you you know uh they did one with helen keller about patience i didn't see it yeah you know the the whole uh you know miracle worker thing yeah and uh that was actually a pretty good one i thought it was phrased pretty well um but you had to accept the fact that occasionally the person who is trying to teach helen keller will like talk to her like without using her hands or interacting with her (laughs) physically at all and helen will just kind of chill there and react to her words in the uh, way yeah. that a deaf and blind person would not be able to. <laughs> it's like, all right, so 
Okay. <laughs> we're just going to ignore this detail for right now. Yeah, what exactly does she need help with again? She's ta- she's taking this uh, this verbal smackdown rather well. Um, I'm kind of curious. Did you watch the one about Faith? No. Why? Um, I was curious because I, um, you know, they, they don't, it, it's like Book of Virtues. And you initially expected, like, it'd be a lot of Bible stuff. And there are stories, like, from like bible stuff yeah but there, it's there are not parables but like i actually thought general, that most of the parables were not they're pretty neutral ones. and in general they don't but in the faith episode they do say specifically like yeah sometimes you just gotta have faith that it'll work out and specifically faith in god that it'll work out that's another uh, placebo thing yeah like i was i was at a i was, I was just really curious game. if they would or wouldn't like phrase it that way that that's a big part of like like Judeo-Christian Rome, like a more morality structure is certainly present in our society. So doing a show like this, you would definitely have to touch upon it in some ways. Sure. And uh, there, there's a. I actually went to a poster session today, and there, one of the posters was about like how to how to uh, get these uh, what was it Puerto Rican communities to stop believing in their like traditional homeopathy and get them to like start using the medicine that we tell them is good for them so like rather than stringing up prayer beads in their house what they should be doing is taking albuterol for asthma which Uh and like uh, like part of the part of the way to like compile the data would be like see how many people were doing the prayer thing and see what their results were from it sure and so you are going to have some component of them feeling better is because they've got a better outlook of it but you can't tie that to faith so much as self-delusion that's the real (laughs) virtue there is being able to delude oneself so you're not worried and you know you never see that in any storybook it always baffles me how huge business homeopathy is i mean like people are so inherently distrustful of science in general like it like even historically speaking you have stuff like frankenstein like, Mm -hmm. like like science is just viewed as the enemy especially yeah. because before science you had faith right you had you had religion and yeah. religion is kind of pushing back against scientific progress every step of the way just think about galileo and how he was how he 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 would have been tortured if he hadn't like recanted his testimony that the sun uh, that the earth revolves around the sun Right? Yeah, and and Doctor Brown was almost killed by Libyans. Like, yeah. you suffer for your science. And I, I think it was a minor plot point in that movie, but the Libyans were praising Allah or something, right? <laughs> I don't recall precisely what was. Going I'm on. I'm not a scholar. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we all know that Allah loves plutonium. Woo! <laughs> Moving on. Um, yeah. What did you? The, the intro. What? Um, I thought the song was really catchy. I, I, w- I couldn't get uh, the Arthur it's theme song out of my head. Yeah, it was a little bit like that. Which, by the way, if you've ever listened to it like purposefully before, the Arthur theme song is sung in a Jamaican accent. Oh, absolutely. I, I never realized that before. It's incredible. I can't sing it without it. Listen to the beat. Mon. It's sung by <laughs> he Grim. Doesn't, he doesn't say Mon. He does say Mon. The thing about the Arthur theme song that's really fun is... It kind of loops very naturally, and no one's quite sure where to begin or end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I say, "Hey, what a wonderful kind of day." We, we we of course have to wait for David to be available to do that episode since he loves that show. Right, and we cannot sing any more of the theme song for copyright purposes. <laughs> well, of um, course, you can cut it in right now. Just why not? Of course. 
Um, I, I wonder. Was... I wonder if you could do like a like an older version of this uh, of this show. Like once you like grow up and learn the real lessons, like about how like you have to accept death and how like sometimes bad people uh, get away with it, or how sometimes good people do bad things. Just you know the harsh lessons that you just have to learn. Well, Zach. Hard work can get you only so far. Sometimes you really gotta suck up. <laughs> you just gotta suck up the bad... Yeah, like... And sometimes you're not gonna get as far as a white guy would in your circumstance. <laughs> it's true. It sucks, but it's true. It... it, it, it yes. <laughs> but I... Zach is white, I think. Anyway, no, there's a little diversity there. No, they're, they're, they're both... They're both Brazilian. Like Raimundo. Um, so I'm the, certain... It, it, interesting bringing up culture and race the music uh when they go into different stories reflects the time periods and locations or at least you know close enough for my ear and limited cultural sensibilities yeah like th- that's that's another thing with the immersion right they're just trying to get you back in time into a place where these these parables like like you have the to... transition's pretty seamless too yeah like it, it it really draws you in yeah absolutely you have to make that abstraction with your current environment like your current your current surroundings like you can't just be up in a modern world still you have to have that old timey feel so like it, it it's just telling all of your senses yo this is a story it happened in the past don't worry too much about the nitty-gritty of it just like listen to the lesson mm-hmm. and um i think they tried to make the dialects match as best as they could and and the costumes as well like it, it's all about this immersion because it's this idea if you can get someone to pay attention to a story they they're yours you know like just teaching mm-hmm. just saying just saying to somebody like be good that's it you know walk around and hope that somebody is magic and that if you're nice to them they'll be you know give you magical favors do you remember any time when you were a kid when someone would tell you a story and you would like practice it you would like what you practiced what you were preached what you were prot <laughs> Um, I can't remember any specifics. Can you? No, not really. Like, I, I don't recall. Like, I, I sort of am just cautious enough not to make rash decisions. Oh, you know what? I do remember. I, cause I got, I got in trouble with a friend once. Cause a teacher, this was like third grade. A teacher was like, if one person tells you something, you know, they might not be right. But if a second person tells you something, then, you know, it has more weight, you know, cause more than one person said it was true. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that, that makes sense. And then later, like, I was climbing on top of a snowbank or something, and one of my friends was like, I don't know if you should be doing that. And I'm like, it's fine. And then uh, a female friend of mine said, uh, I don't think you should be doing that. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Second person, yep. that makes sense. Yep. And then my friend was my friend was like, you're Outvoted. just listening to her because she's a girl. And I'm like, no, no, stop being mean. <laughs> stop oppressing me third-year-old friend or third-grade friend <laughs> Dude, third-year-old ooh. 30-year-old friends when you're in third grade are the worst <laughs> <laughs> they just get all up on their high horse because they can drive and have jury duty can reach the i got a shelf. gold star yeah i got a paycheck i'm gonna buy a blowjob <laughs> a what i was gonna say i was gonna buy a booklet of gold stars but you know, yours does sound more rewarding. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that, that's a story you can bring home to mom. Um, yeah, I, I really can't say much more about this show. I had one more point about the music, um, which is that like when it's not in a story, when it's in the framing device, 
the music is very self-serious. Mm. I mean, they do a couple of little comedy boinks to emphasize slapstick, but in general, it's like this orchestral, very slow monastery kind of thing. Yeah, it's it, it's like deliberate. It's prepping you to receive wisdom. It by, is. By reminding you of other places where you've received wisdom. Yeah, you're not in like a Batman Beyond style rave or anything when, when you're trying no. to learn about patience. You know, you're in a monastery. <laughs> You're at you're at some you're you're you have climbed the mountain and you're ready to receive wisdom from the monk. Mm-hmm. The monk being Woolen. The, 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 the monk playing like a sitar, apparently. Yeah. That's wisdom music. I really feel like the sitar is just it really speaks to the soul. It really speaks to me personally. Like nobody else gets it like I do. <laughs> I don't remember what band it was, but I remember hearing a song and it like the song itself was only a minute, and then at the end of the song, the band guy was like, oh man, we forgot to jam. It's the end of the song, and we forgot to jam. And then it's just three minutes of sitar. What? I, was yeah. this an actual song? I don't remember where I heard it. Uh, I think that's the virtue of improvisation. I think it was like 29B <laughs> episode. Episode root three. <laughs> there's these weird impractical virtues yeah <laughs> pocket dimension virtues yeah remember kids on earth 12 everything's backwards the, the so virtue of polymorphism <laughs> the virtue of shape-shifting yeah <laughs> remember kids you don't have to give up on your dreams just change what they are i, I wouldn't mind it like seeing like a like a a mirror mirror version of this show like like Adventures Satan from the Book of Sin. Yeah, that's that's actually really Vice. good. I kind of like that. The ver- the Book of Vice. That was that um, Scooby Doo show where they let out the ghosts, right? Uh, that was Jackie Chan Adventures, the one where they let out the demons. The Oni, excuse me. God, I love cartoons. Cartoons uh. are pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> this one, yeah. not great, but I can definitely see like I can. This is this would be a show that I wouldn't mind watching. Were I yeah. trying to. Uh, have some educational content in the shows that I watch with my kid. Yeah, as far as education shows go, this one's pretty solid. I actually, we don't we don't have a comment per se, but <laughs> I did find a YouTube comment. Oh, <laughs> source uh, Kestrel Tiana. Okay, what you uh, got for us? Kestrel? It says the show used the word leery, quoted Shakespeare, and read one of the more famous poems in American history. That's pretty good for a kids' show targeted to age seven. Comma smiley face. It's the smiley face that really makes me believe in her, in her, in her, in her. <laughs> I, I believe in her. Yeah I, yeah, I almost want to, like, try to rebuttal each virtue. <laughs> but in this situation, yeah. isn't it better to be a dick? Because it'll prove him wrong faster. I, I always find that when I, like... Like those those early ones that just kind of fit in my natural conception of what is right and wrong, like the kind mm-hmm. that you just get from realizing that other people doing shit to you is not fun, mm-hmm. and like just kind of golden rule sort of morality. Whenever I learn something to the contrary on that one, I always feel very very learned. Like uh, like it, something that that disproves your previous schema. Yeah, my previous schema, which is like inherent in my understanding of the world. Like, like the concept of justice, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like, there was that one cracked article that's, like, something that you need to learn. All these bankers, all the ones that we're blaming for our ruined economy, they're going to be fine. 
Like they they will they will live their entire lives completely completely happy, content, and will never be judged for it. And you just gotta deal with that. <laughs> Doesn't that just piss you off? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that make you mad? Yeah, crack's been rubbing my face in a lot of things lately. <laughs> <laughs> and you keep coming back for more. I know. It's the vice I, of addiction. I can't help it. Yeah, what's the opposite of addiction? Uh, chastity? I, or, I uh, actually have no idea what a chastity is. Isn't it weird how, like, some virtues are, like, names. female names? Yeah. Like, either female names, like, like either, like, good Christian female names, or, like, stripper female names, exclusively. Mm-hmm. One or the other. Are there any virtues that are, like, guys' names? Uh, courage, but that's a very specific circumstance. <laughs> oh, that'd be a great name for a kid. Courage? Yeah. Let me, I'm gonna go through the episode, let's see if I can find a good one. <laughs> uh, yeah, faith is another one for, for girls. Uh, yeah. Perseverance. <laughs> Pretty close to Persephone. Persephone. Uh, yeah, patience, charity. Oh, here we go. I'm gonna name my Joy. kid Citizenship. Ooh, that's a spicy name. Wait, they did Courage twice. Did they? This is bullshit. Did they, did they forget? No, wait, no, no, no. This must have been like a reboot. Yeah, <laughs> Courage, Honesty, Work, Perseverance. Friendship, self-discipline, response. This is all stuff that was happening before. Uh-huh. Yeah. Com- hmm. Oh, compassion part one and two. Electric it's boogaloo. One. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot to say about compassion. Sometimes, sometimes you have too much compassion. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not enough. It doesn't seem and like I, there are male like. Yeah, no. It's, are there any vices that are male names? They're, like uh, dick. Yeah, jack off. <laughs> jack off. Jack, short for jack off. That's right. <laughs> Jackofsky. That's right. Uh, I don't know. What? What are like? Let me. I'm gonna like look up a list of vices. List Greed. of vices. Ooh, avarice. Avarice would be a good guy's name. List of vices and virtues. I should have looked this up earlier. Industry. The master list from beliefcloset.com. Ooh. Interesting. Let me get on this. Oh, it's WordPress. <laughs> nice. All right. How to use this list? Uh, whatever. Oh my god. Nope. Too many. Let's see if I can get a greatest hits list. How many? Are- oh my god. Too many. They're, they're alphabetized. Yeah. Failure parentheses allowing for. All right. Seven. Seven. Oh, of course. <laughs> seven virtues and seven sins. Duh. Discreation parentheses of what is no longer needed i, I kind of like a lot of these hang on check it out uh all the girl ones uh all, the seven the seven holy virtues uh-huh. heavenly virtues prudence justice temperance faith hope charity uh courage yeah courage is like yeah, the only one that's not a female name i would argue temperance i don't know <laughs> I, i've heard of a temperance really yeah Maybe? Uh, apparently, gravitas is a virtue. <laughs> Lust. Lust is a good one. I wouldn't mind being named Wrath. That'll mm. get you some ladies. Um, so I think the audience is tired of us listing things. Uh, shall we wrap this up? How is it related to Bushido? What? Let's, let's, let's dive in. Oh, we've already done Bushido. Never mind. Wait, there's eight virtues associated with Bushido. Are you just Wikipedia diving now? No. <laughs> So yeah, all in all, suicide. adventures from the Book of Virtues, good for what it was, 
and you know <laughs> not you know pass if it doesn't appeal to you. <laughs> everything the light touches yeah yeah so uh ben what are we what are we gonna watch next week that is not nearly as wholesome Biker Mice from Mars. I would argue that Biker Mice from Mars teaches you a lot that you're not going to get in a Bible. Wrist lasers, uh, rad like Set phasers dudes. to stun. You've got your witty comebacks. Yeah, like... You've got your kitty one-backs. <laughs> um. that, that was a weird rhyme, but I, I, I appreciated it on, on how I'm far trying, you had to stretch for it. I'm trying to make it work in my head, and it doesn't. <laughs> what was that, kitty one-backs? It's like... Like a the currency. virtue of kitty one backs <laughs> having the right number of backs considering your animal status Ooh. we gotta start recording these earlier in the day <laughs> certainly being a beast with two backs is not virtuous unless it's for procreation with two backs yes um it is time again for an anime and i thought that we would do a mon show Ooh, fun. And the one that I have chosen is Monster Rancher. Oh, damn it. I was really hoping Digimon. <laughs> nah, Digimon's too popular, and I hate that theme song more than anything. Are you kidding me? That theme song's it's, amazing. It's so garbage. No, it's so good. Now, you go listen to the Monster Rancher theme song. All right, Monster Rancher is, like, Mon's first approach to rap. Like, you, you remember when all those, like... <laughs> Rock yeah. bands started to figure out what rap was, and you got like mm-hmm. Linkin Park. Uh, one thing I don't know why it doesn't even matter how hard you try, and it like sounded really goofball in a in a in a kind of cute way. Like yeah. that's what Monster Rancher does. It's the same I'm thing. Forward to it. It's gonna be great. I remember there was be... like this, just like this, like uh, it's like this sack of jelly with an eye that like hopped uh-huh. around on one foot, and he was one of the main characters, but just got beat up a lot. That's all I remember. Comic relief. Comic relief character. Poor guy. Yeah, I'm I'm not I remember seeing a few episodes when I was younger and I don't remember if it has any sort of like overarching plot, but I'm pretty sure it's just like uh the evil new, moo. Yeah, just like new monster, come join us and then move a few steps closer to the villain. We'll get it we'll get further into it when we go to uh when we when we get to that episode, but the the thing you show up for a mon show for is like the progression of the mons you don't care about the plot right like that's not what the mon show is for it's to yeah, see it's about how leveling many, up it's to see how many numbers you can stack on your pika ride <laughs> that's that's all it's there for well then perhaps we'll have to do a second mon show to uh watch the taste out of our mouth but let's give it a chance as we did to this glorious book of virtues chance that's a guy's name that's not a virtue so until next time harry that's a boy's name. That's <laughs> that's an All right, you're, you're just making fun of me now. <laughs> so, oh, what else do we have? I, I, I kind of want to give a closing apology. But I Genesis? think this is maybe our laziest episode yet. And it's not necessarily our fault, but we could have tried harder. And we'll, we'll, we'll try to make amends for it with Biker Mice from Mars. I'll try. You're putting all of our hopes and dreams on that. I, I don't see what could go wrong, Zane. If for some reason you like us listing things and talking about <laughs> boys' names and the lack thereof of positive role models. show into a weird spot. Um, <laughs> uh, feel free to like us on Facebook or leave a review on iTunes or tell us what we should watch. Yeah. Or tell us how we can be better people. Mm-hmm. You know we're the ones who will listen to that. Um, and, yeah, and more, most importantly, tell your little seven-year-old friends about the show so they can learn all about chastity and if she is or is not a hooker 
And um, Zane tossed me a line. <laughs> you know, you really have to start standing on your own two feet. <laughs> I'm a hawk. <laughs> I'm a motherfucking hawk. What? <laughs> what? That would have been a much better show if you had like a like a like a like a sin buzzard who just Ooh. show up. And just like swiper, no swiping. Yeah, exactly. No, it's the same thing. It's just a sin buzzard showing up that the that the main characters can talk down to for a while. He's a vulture. No, a sin buzzard. I feel like vultures suit better. Buzzards are grosser, and clean, cleanliness is next to godliness. Ergo, <laughs> according to this list of virtues, <laughs> it's this a conversion one's alphabetized. Factor. So I don't know. All right. Well, um, thanks. Thanks for listening, everyone. And, um, don't go sitting. Um, follow your dreams. I want you in the U.S. Army. It's good to have fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's to die for. (laughs) Okay, why not? Connected, my friend. Just like the branches on a tree, we share the same roots, you and me. So have a little respect. Have a little respect. It doesn't hurt anybody to be polite. Have a little respect. An occasional please or thank you.